All right, today on the Win Daily Show, I have Rich Masana, Win Daily fantasy sports writer, ranked in the top 4% of all DFS players in the world, according to various websites. Rich, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Should be a lot of fun. So, Rich, the first question I have for you today is, what does it mean to you to win daily? Uh, I think, like Jason said, just a general mindset. You know, how do I approach today? Am I positive? Am I negative? You know, how... You know, what's going on in the world is pretty much irrelevant. You know, just trying to maintain, you know, some sort of balance and, uh, you know, positive outlook. I love that, man. And that's, that's very important. And what I've found is through these conversations with everyone on the team is we all kind of have that positivity. You know, let's do what we can. Negativity is not going to get you anywhere. It's that positivity. So where do you think, I mean, you, you had that positivity before you joined the team here. Where, where do you think that comes from in your life? Uh, just growing up, you know, I was very motivated, um, you know, I was able, you know, I originally grew up, I guess I'll give the full background, why not, you know, I originally grew up back in New York, you know, on Long Island, um, you know, so like Jason, uh, I'm a diehard Mets and Jets fan, there's been a lot Mets of, too. not so much Jets, but definitely Mets, I'm here with you, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you meet someone else who's a Mets fan, I know Jason uh, is a Mets fan as well, you know, you know, they're a lifelong baseball fan, uh, you know. I think the defining moment for me is uh, it's one rendition of the Subway series where it's a, a pop-up, you know, and uh, Luis Castillo, I think it was bottom of the ninth, two outs, and he dropped it, and that pretty much sums up, you know, what it's been for me. Um, but, you know, I, I think Thor's already, you know, heard for this season. Pretty, You know, and you don't even think twice. It's just, oh, of course, yep. something's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, but, and, and that's the Mets. The Jets, you know, are even worse, but we're not even going to go there. Yeah. Um, you know, so I grew up Long Island, you know, that's where I went to high school. Um, you know, I got some scholarships, went to St. John's University, did my undergrad there, um, did a master's there. I was student government president there. So was super motivated, um, you know, did a lot. Then afterwards, uh, you know, I wanted a little bit of a change of pace. Um, I ended up coming out to Denver, Colorado, um, where I've been since 2008. You know, I went to the University of Colorado Law School out here and uh, I've stayed around ever since. That is awesome, man. I've never been, I've, I've driven through Colorado, uh, broke down in Colorado Springs, hung out at the Subaru dealership. Everyone there was very, very nice to me. So that's kind of my only story of Colorado, but I've heard great things, man. And I think it's so true. I mean, if you're a Mets fan, if you're a Jets fan and you don't have positivity in your life, I mean, man, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get too, too far. So you got to do something. Um, You know, I love the Mets more than anything. Don't tell my girlfriend, but it's just one of those things where I don't know why, but I put myself through that misery. This year is obviously a little different, but I put myself through watching those games, probably like a solid 80 to 100 games a year. And um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know why I do it, but for whatever reason, I love it. Well, I, you know, I mean, last year I'll make an exception because I mean, I, I had some hope, you know, midseason, you know, when they're on that magical run, yep. you know, but the schedule got tough. And I mean, you could only sustain that for so long. So, you know, but of course you said, well, they'll just add a couple pieces next year and everything. you're doing with the Wilpons. You know, I think that was uh, the most disappointing news of the offseason for me. The fact that sale, um, you know, backed out, that would have been awesome. Steve um, Cohen's money, man. I was excited yeah. to spend it for him. You know, things like Zach Wheeler, you know, you wouldn't have to think twice. Yep. But, you know, but hey, we're here as you- Exactly. Difficult Mets. Mets are going to Mets. Um, and yeah, when, you know, when Syndergaard got hurt, it was kind of just, well, of course he did. Like he hasn't really been, I mean, he got hurt. He's been like weirdly hurt throughout his career, but this one is a obvious, like, all right, 12 to 18 months. Sounds good. Like we can just kind of wash our hands of that one and see what happens. But it is very interesting. So how, how did you get into, I mean, being a Mets fan, being a Jets fan, you want to win as well, right? So is that kind of your foray into fantasy and saying, well, hey, my teams aren't going to win. Maybe, maybe I'll be able to do something. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm watching these games and, you know, I mean, you're state cutting off, you know, a certain point of year once the playoffs start and everything else, um, you know, meaningful games sometimes are done within a month or two. Um, so the Jets, I think, were done by week two last year once uh, Darnold got hurt. So, you know, it, it gives you, a, you know, avenue to be able to continue, you know, and win, you know, for once. So you can apply different strategies, you know, stay involved, you know, and have some relevance when you're watching these games. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, if you're a Manson Jets fan, you root for, you know, similar teams, you know, you're probably more driven to fantasy sports because you're not going to get much satisfaction, um, you know, just watching your teams and rooting for them. Exactly. Man. That's so true. And yeah, the Giants, the same way the last few years, especially um, haven't looked so good. And there's always that re- uh, that uh, statistic teams that start 0-2 that make the playoffs. It's such a minuscule number. So at that point, you know, the Giants have started 0-2 the last few years. So I kind of, again, I've been rooting for Patrick Mahomes because I have him in a couple leagues. Thankfully, I won it once. So that was wonderful. But what, um, I guess, what was, how did you kind of come about fantasy sports? I mean, you're a little bit older than I am. Um, and, you know, so how long have you been playing and when did you really start to dive in to, I guess, even the season long aspects of some of this stuff? Well, season long, I've been playing for quite a while, over a decade. Um, so I guess that's where I initially started. Um, you know, so it began with football, like most people, you know, eventually bridging to baseball and basketball and other stuff. Um, you know, I would say, you know, my, as far as DFS riding, you know, what I mainly focus on is baseball, um, hockey, and soccer uh, for the most part. So I would say those three, um, although I dabble in a lot of stuff for the most part. Um, but, yeah, I got into the season longs. You know, I was doing very well. Season longs, a lot of keeper leagues and stuff. And eventually just bridge out into daily fantasy. Um, you know, probably a year or two after it started, I want to say, maybe not, maybe uh, four or five years ago, something like that. Um, but, you know, started playing light, you know, try to, get a feel for things, you know, and, and of course, you know, over time you develop strategies and, you know, learn more and more and, you know, probably put more money in, you know, I would say I have a rule. I normally don't go over $200 a night unless, you know, there's something like some overlay or something specific. Um, I think that's a good medium. Um, you could win a lot of money, um, you know, putting down $200, um, you know, but you could also head yourself pretty well, um, you know, putting a, a certain amount of that towards cash games and, you know, trying to diversify, you know, use a couple lineups, um, you know, so I, I think it took a while to develop that strategy. Um, but yeah, I guess about five years. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that is fantastic. And, and within, as I said before, ranked in the top 4% of all DFS players, clearly you're not messing around. So in five years, you've been able to accumulate a, an immense amount of knowledge about the DFS game. The, as you said, about bankrolls and being able to do what you do, you have your, your specific philosophies and strategies and everyone can go find your writing on the website. So we don't have to get too deep into that. But I guess, how, how did you be, start down this path? I guess, as you said, you know, PGA, soccer and baseball, like what, what is it about those three sports that you were able to pick out and understand a little bit better? Even as you said, you started playing season long football first and you probably a sport, you know, maybe, maybe the best. I mean, as a Mets fan, I know a lot about sport baseball because I have to because I can't watch the Mets all the time because I'm just depressed. But like, what is it about those three sports that you've been able to kind of pinpoint and pick out that has allowed you to top, rise to, you know, top 5% of the world? Well, I think there's, when you look at soccer, NHL and baseball, I think there's one. NHL, big, I apologize. Oh, no, you're good. Um, one big common theme um, is the correlation. Um, you know, I think those three sports, particularly hockey and baseball, um, you know, probably the heaviest in terms of correlation um, you know, baseball, obviously, you want to stack, you know, someone you know, hits a, a grand slam and you're going to get a bunch of runs, etc. A team puts up 15 runs. Um, even when I play these free games, I'm still stacking, um, you know, so 
I mean, it's just, um, you know, pretty optimal. And I think NHL correlates with that. You, you ideally, you know, want to have, you know, two separate lines, you know, in full correlation or, you know, some sort of power play stack or something. You know, if somebody, one guy gets two goals and assists, another one gets, you know, two goals and assists and they're all connecting, uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty critical. Um, hockey and soccer are things I were, was into a ton when I was a kid and sort of came back to. Um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to, I'm a huge Islanders fan. Um, you know, I remember going to playoff games and watching them get beat by uh, teams like the Penguins with Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager and uh, just superior teams, to be honest. You know, we had Pierre Turgeon, some good players, but, you know, not quite on that level. In soccer, I used to love the World Cup, FIFA, all that growing up. Um, and only recently really got back into it in the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, that passion resumed. I just love the nonstop action, um, you know, the passion that these people have. Um, you know, you look at even um, when they play for their countries, you know, here in America, you know, people, I don't want to play for Team USA. I might get hurt or, you know, I mean, I just don't, I want a vacation during that time or whatever. I mean, these guys, you know, they make a lot less money when they play for their countries, but I mean, it's right up there with playing for their clubs. They love it. They're so passionate about it. So, um, you know, there's something about the fans and, you know, the, the full continuous experience without all the constant timeouts and commercials. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I enjoy watching these sports. You know, I usually have a, a TV on at night, you know, and, and be able to pick up little things here or there that might not reflect in a stat sheet, but I can use the next day. So it's helpful too. That is awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's one thing about soccer. I do kind of like that continuous aspect of it. You know, it's a full 45 minutes, you know, that usually ends up being 46, 48, whatever it ends up being. I still have a problem with that not stopping the clock. I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little... Maybe it's the American in me, but I don't really understand that aspect of it. But no, I love that. And, and you are completely right. The soccer fans, I love watching the World Cup. I watch every single possible game I can during, you know, that that time period, women's and men's. It is so much fun. And that's that is one thing about soccer. The fans are just it's just a little bit more, just just a little bit more, which is always so fun to like really listen to and see and, and understand. So with, um, you know, obviously, again, you've been you've been playing fantasy sports a while DFS for the last five years. What was it like? Like, at what point did you realize you really had something that, again, has allowed you to rise to top five in the world? At what point along the way were you like, okay, I can, I can make a legitimate amount of money doing this? I think midway through, um, you know, I, it, it's a type of thing. I mean, you need, to, you need hits. You know, I'll have a certain percentage on cash, cash games, you know, sort of just to even out things, you know, from time to time. You know, it's, if I take a loss or something, maybe I get some money back on a cash game. Uh, but really, you're measured in terms of your hits. You know, you need, uh, I mean, the tournaments are basically to define how much money you make. Um, maybe, I guess, two years ago, something like that, uh, you know, is, oh, wait, I'm ahead for the year. I'm going to have to pay taxes on this. Um, you know, and also, you know, develop, realizing what I was good at and what I wasn't. Um, you know, I think when I first started, I would try new things. Let me dabble in this, do some PGA or do this and, and you know, divert, um, you know, money a lot of different ways. And then when I'd look at the numbers, say, wait, you've been watching baseball your whole life. You know, baseball, <laughs> and then what are you doing? Um, so I guess maybe two years ago. Um, but again, you know, I, I would never depend on it for a living. You know, I think some people get obsessive and, and say, and, uh, you know, I'm going to win that big prize and whatever. Um, but they don't realize the work that goes in, um, you know, how it works over time. You know, um, you might be down a month, up a month, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I think if you were, you know, putting down, you know, $10,000 a night, it would get stressful very quickly. I could yeah, not. Yeah, to each his own. But man, I personally could not do something like that. Um, especially as you said, with the ups and the downs. And, and you referenced the work and, and the energy and the effort. What exactly 
does that mean? What does the research look like from your perspective? Because everybody I've found has a little different way of doing it. So I'm kind of curious, how, how do you go, go about you know, the work aspect of understanding the daily fantasy landscape? So one thing you probably notice in my articles is they're usually up very early. And the reason why is I like to do it the night before. Um, and one reason I do that is I like to just look at all the numbers, uh, you know, look at all the information and not have any voices in my head. You know, I want to see everything just clear, you know, I'm looking at it and, you know, what, what does tomorrow look like? You know, because I think if you wait until the day of, um, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice, but, um, you know, I guess with MBA, you really don't. But, you know, if possible, you know, I think it gives you a, a much better view of things. You know, sometimes I think, you know, you'll, if, if you do wait till next day, you'll come across indirectly this article or hear this podcast or hear whatever. And, you know, now you have a ton of different voices in your head. Um, you know, and I, I think that could influence, even if you don't think it will, it could influence your thought and, you know, what you do. And, you know, a lot of times when I see things pop up the next day, um, yeah, a lot of them are the same. You know, it's, oh, this team or that team. And I might have been thinking last night, well, yeah, they're the favorite, but, you know, I like this team. They're only projected slightly less and they're going to have this much less ownership. Um, you know, obviously in tournaments, I don't have to tell you ownership is key. Um, so I, I think, you know, I look at all the numbers, I look at everything, I try to get a feel, what are most people going to do tomorrow? They're like, oh, the Yankees are projected for seven runs, they're facing the Orioles. <laughs> that one, maybe you don't, <laughs> don't fade. Take um, Labor Torres, let's just say that. Yeah, moving definitely. forward, take Labor Torres against yeah. the Orioles. You know, they had, uh, in the Fandle Sims, they had the Orioles and Yankees a bunch of week. I played Glebera pretty, pretty much every line. <laughs> Even in simulation, he's guaranteed two home runs against the Orioles. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, just getting a feel of what people are going to do and how to approach the next day. And I think when you do it the night before, um, you know, you're a little bit firmer with your thought process. You know, if you say the day off, oh, well, maybe you're right. And, you know, I, I think that comes down to the whole win daily mentality, you know, having confidence in your own picks. Um, you, well, I need to spend that extra $300. You know, I can't leave any money or whatever it is. Um, you know, don't be afraid to take, especially in a tournament, you should definitely take in a contrarian stance. I mean, that's how you win tournaments. Um, you know, I can't think of any, you know, I enter a lot of large field, single entry stuff. I can't think of any one I've ever won just entering the cash loan. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much for, for the, the understanding of, again, how, how you look at these things and what you do. Because, again, it's this, the, the team that Jason has been able to assemble of, of just incredible DFS pros and players like yourself, again, you don't get into the top 4% by mistake. <laughs> that is not, you know, that's not how it works. You do, obviously, a significant amount of work and how you do it. And, again, that philosophy that you take and that stance that you take clearly works for you. And hopefully you'll be able to impart that wisdom onto others, again, through those articles, through something like this, where people can learn a little bit more about who you are and how you do what you do. And, and you said, so this isn't something that you would personally do as a, a full-time opportunity. You are an attorney by trade and that's, you know, you went out to, to law school in Boulder. So what's that like, you know, being, being an attorney by day and, and, you know, DFS player by night, like, which one is the escape from the other? Do you use the attorney to escape from the DFS part or, or, or is it vice versa? Uh, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, you know, one thing, you know, so when I got out of law school in 2011, you know, I worked for a couple of years for different corporations, law firms, et cetera. Um, and one of the first things I did was um, I was a tenant in a multi-unit property, four units. Um, you know, I was able to, went up for sale and I bought it. So, you know, so one, I, I guess, a hat I wear is that of a landlord. So I understand all different perspectives, you know, tenant landlord of this uh, current situation, which we're obviously not going to touch on too much. I think we all understand what's going on. Um, you know, so I, I think it's important to wear different hats, um, separate everything out and not put everything into one basket. 
Um, so that's one thing I do, um, you know, so of course all the, anything that comes up with rent and the property and you name it, all that stuff. Um, as far as law, I practice bankruptcy. Um, so of course you get a lot of questions, um, you know, I've even, I've had random users, you know, pop off the site, say, hey, you have some time, you know, I have some problems. It might not even be bankruptcy. It's the IRS or this or uh -huh. whatever it is, um, you know, something financial related. Um, but yeah, I guess so, just to a background how I got into it, you know, well, the last firm I've been working at was bankruptcy, you know, and just getting a feel for it. Um, I like the fact that most stuff isn't necessarily contested. You know, I've had some, um, you know, stuff in other areas like employment law, federal trials and, you know, some more complex, you know, nasty stuff, um, you know, but bankruptcy generally you, there are a certain amount of exemptions and rules. You meet those confines, you know, you get your discharge, you get the debt relief. If you have assets above and beyond, you know, they might get taken, you know, in exchange for that lease. So I think in, in most senses, um, you know, it's very um, black and white, mm -hmm. you know, in, in terms of what's permissible. Now, one interesting thing, uh, you know, so I, so I guess it, I, you want to, in, what the attorney life is like, you know, um, so, you know, a, a decent amount of calls, you know, come in, you know, people, you know, whoever voicing their problems, you know, seeing if, if, you know, bankruptcy works for them or what they can do. Um, you know, obviously there's a decent amount of court, you know, everything's by telephone right now, which makes it, uh, even more hectic. Um, but you know, the whole process, uh, a lot of my clients, you know, you have everyone from sophisticated chapter 13 clients, you know, with a number of different properties, um, to people who don't have a dollar to their name, you know, chapter seven clients, you know, no asset, just trying to wipe out whatever credit card debt they have. Um, but you know, I mean, most people are a little nervous going to court, you know, they, uh, what do I do? What do I say? You know, will they take my pets? Well, what'll happen? You know, um, you know, so sort of guiding them through that, you know, just uh, getting used to, you know, sometimes the trustees are, you know, lawyers for 30, 40 years, you know, so sometimes they, they can be hit or miss, you know, it can be a little gruff with them. So you're just keeping things calm and, and keeping them, uh, you know, from having too much anxiety, um, you know, and of course, a lot is just computer work. Um, so, you know, I use a satellite office, which I can rent out when I want it, but generally I work from home anyway. So it makes it, uh, this whole situation, you know, hasn't really affected me in that, in that sense. Um, you know, it still feels pretty comfortable, but one thing, uh, you know, people would think is I'm not getting a ton of business these last few weeks. Uh, everyone's like, well, bankruptcy, you should be getting, uh, uh, calls, you know, every two seconds. Um, but I think what people don't realize is there'll probably be a ton of bankruptcies over the next 10 years. Um, you're this, the aftermath of this, you're going to feel forever. Um, there, you know, this is going to disproportionately affect, you know, the people who make the le least money in our society, who have the least protection. Um, so, you know, for the next 10 years, I mean, right now, they're not worried about their credit cards. You know, any money they have, you know, is going towards, you know, rent or the mortgage, um, you know, any utilities, you know, food, you know, things of that nature. They're not thinking, oh, well, maybe I should file that Chapter 7 bankruptcy right now, you know, go pay the attorney. It's not, you know, mm -hmm. uh, how it goes. Um, but yeah, it definitely uh, gives me some insight. I see a lot of people's financials, you know, tax returns, um, you know, how different people live, survive. Um, so it definitely uh, probably influenced me in, in some respect, you know, how I, you know, go about things. Yeah. And as you said, you know, before, uh, you know, and thank you for that. It's, I'm always interested in kind of everyone's, you know, day job, I guess we'll call it. Um, and and it's, it's really interesting, as you said before, you know, you don't really feel comfortable putting up more than $200 a night. And I'm sure seeing how other people live and what they throw their money away on or, you know, what they spend their money on, I guess, for, for a better term, definitely can influence how you spend your money. Um, and again, you have a very specific philosophy and strategy when it comes to DFS and understanding that you can make a lot of money off $200 and the ROI can be, can be done 
well, uh, you can have good ROI if you do it correctly and, and enter the correct tournaments and games, as you said, you know, make sure you're hedging a little bit with the cash games and doing this, that, and the other thing, which I think is very interesting. And I guess from that standpoint, you know, what, what have you learned from either of these careers, we'll call them the DFS side of your brain and the, and the attorney side of your brain that I guess either flows between or you've been able to learn in one aspect and be able to then take it over to the other aspect? Uh, I think everything sort of translates over time to, you know, different, uh, you know, strategies. Um, you know, one thing I didn't mention, you know, again, I want to be very specific for people in terms of bankroll strategies is if I put down 200, that's usually hundred per site too. You know, I try to, you know, get exposure on both sites because I mean, there's just going to be pricing differences, you know, and I see some people who I only play DraftKings. I only play Fandle. I always recommend play both. Um, because you're going to see times that one team is just drastically lower priced on another site and it just makes no, absolutely no sense to play them on the other. You know, I think that was one mistake I made um, when I first started, maybe my first year at DFS, because I would overthink it and think, well, if they're that much more expensive on DraftKings, no one's going to play them over there. You know, almost assuming, you know, everyone played both sites and was you know, navigating like that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, in terms of allocating money, that'd be obviously be one common theme, you know, where do, how do I want to allocate? What's the smartest way to allocate here? Um, you know, I'm not one for, um, you know, try to win a trip to Florida or something. And, you know, where five people get paid out of, you know, 300 or something, um, you know, you're just not going to make money that way. you're going to lose very quickly. Um, so, you know, again, contest selection, that is huge. Um, you know, I generally only enter single entry tournaments. Um, you know, I think that just makes the most sense. It's an even playing field. Um, that in even, even cash gains, I try to just do single entry if possible. Um, you know, so I, I think in terms of learning how to allocate money, how to select, you know, how to apply the money, you know, certain things like that sort of correlate. Um, you know, I mean, that could take the context of a business, business decision. Do I want to pay for this advertising? Um, what's the return on this? You know, I mean, I think that sort of works that way. Very cool, man. And that's awesome. And I appreciate you, uh, you getting into that with us because I do think that that a lot of people, you know, as we say, you know, Javi's, uh, Javi's a pro and, and David Jones is a pro, but they also still have day jobs, right? That just means they have two jobs now. And then I'm assuming you're very much the same way where you have two jobs that could fund a some sort of lifestyle. Um, I, think, I think maybe closer four or five at this point. Um, <laughs> the newest application of stuff. So, I, you know, esports, you know, I mean, if you love it, you love it. I mean, but I would assume, you know, not for everyone. Um, you know, I haven't found myself able to get into it. So something I, uh, you know, even touch base with Jason on, you know, I've, you know, I think it was three years ago when I left a full-time job and I just withdrew 401k. And, you know, at that time, yeah, I would just make the contributions and it's not something I thought about. You know, I probably couldn't even tell you what was in it. Um, but since this all went down and, you know, sports is uh, busy out the window in the meantime, um, one thing I've been getting into is stocks. Um, you know, and I, I found a lot of the things I use in DFS, um, you know, apply there, you know, buy low, sell high, I mean, basic concepts, um, you know, and what a perfect time to put some money into the market. Because, um, uh, you know, I was basically putting in most of March. And, you know, obviously, this uh, last week has been absolutely insane. Had something like four straight days, it climbed, I think, the highest con since 1937 overall. So a little bit of maybe a, a dead cat, cat bounce, as they say. Um, you know, I'd expect Monday, things might be a little bit different. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, it was very easy to pick up, you know, just after DFS, you know, just, I, I'd be looking at the 52 week low, the high, um, you know, reading research reports, you know, looking at numbers, 
Um, and maybe, you know, as an attorney, I could understand, you know, different things with the debt coming in and, you know, um, what would happen in a bankruptcy and being able to analyze some of that stuff is probably, um, you know, a little bit helpful for me too. Um, but yeah, especially being around a computer and watching things as they go up and down, um, you know, I'd be able to make a, a good, uh, good little bit of a return, you know, since, um, you know, I only put down about $5,000. I didn't go crazy yet. Um, but you know, now of course, you know, looking at this past week, I wish I put 20 times that. So well, yeah. hindsight is always 2020. That's what I always love hearing, uh, from, from all the, the writers we have on the team is, you know, they get one hit, you one huge hit. And they're always just like, shoot, I wish I played that in like 18 different tournaments. Cause it would have crushed everywhere. Right. Like that's always kind of the, uh, the you know hindsight is 2020 and and good for you man i mean stocks is definitely something i know jason loves a lot um i was in finance for a couple of years absolutely hated it I, I that's a whole nother conversation i think the stock market's a complete joke and it's it is a horrible way at, at judging an economy but that's 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 a me thing and you know I, I i do what i do why i do it so um good for you glad you made some money that's fantastic and yeah i did hear that 1937 i think that you know whatever that number was i mean it's pretty cool, man. Still some bargains, though. Um, you know, I was going through things last night, even like what hasn't, you know, I think uh, if you're looking to, you know, put some money in stocks, you know, you're bored, you're, you know, hey, let me get in on this, you know, like me, hey, I don't have any action, you know, this is the perfect time to get in. Um, you know, I was going through stuff last night just to look at, you know, what has jumped, what hasn't, you know, and, and certain things like the index funds are now only down 15% from their all time highs. Those are things I wouldn't touch. Um, but I do think looking at some of the energy companies, uh, most of them are still down about 50, 55% uh, from that high. So, you know, I, I would assume just uh, based on life and everything, you know, all prices, you know, might be a surplus right now. They might be down, um, but I would imagine there'll be a day in the next five years where we'll be paying $4 a gallon. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll pick up and save for that rainy day. And, it's, and I think restaurants, I, there's, there's still some bargains, things that will come back. So. You know, Let's I cross our fingers. You're going to see a lot of small businesses go out. Um, so I would basically focus on most of the major powers. Um, you know, I think you know it's unfortunate, but most of the bigger businesses are going to just get even stronger as a result of this. That's just my opinion. But no, it's so true. Actually, I, earlier today, actually, as we're recording this on April 10th, one of um, my girlfriend's favorite my girlfriend's parents' favorite restaurants just announced that they were, you know, ceasing existence and they've been in business for almost 30 years at this point. Uh, it's a great restaurant um, from where we're from. So it's very disappointing, but I think that's going to happen, especially if this lasts a little bit longer, if this lasts another month, another month and a half, it's going to be very difficult for every small business in some way, shape or form. And, you know, hopefully, you know, low overhead, um, you know, have, have a little cash reserve, as you said, some rainy day fund. And that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all cross our fingers, but we appreciate the stock insight. Um, I think that, you know, hopefully people can take advantage of, of what you're talking about there. And I'm kind of curious, how did you actually, you know, as we were talking about Jason loves stocks and he does a lot of that stuff too. I'm not, that's not my biggest thing, but how did you come about the, the wind daily team and how did you kind of be brought on or, or how did that relationship start and how did you, you get to where you are today? Oh, I saw the ad, um, you know, and I do write for some other sites as well. And, you know, um, you know, took a look at the soccer content. It, there wasn't a lot of soccer content, um, you know, so sort of just hopped in through that and started pumping that. Um, you know, at some point, Scott Engel said, hey, you know, you play hockey too, I see. You know, that, hey, do you mind doing some hockey too? And it just sort of went from there, um, snowballed up. You know, I'm hoping we could do some soccer this summer. Um, to be honest, out of all the, the major sports, you know, I, I think NHL and NBA just sort of, got put in no man's land schedule wise where you didn't hit the playoffs yet. You still have a decent amount of regular season. Um, but I would think, you know, of the two sports to come this summer, I mean, soccer is a really easy one um, because you have eight weeks left, um, eight match weeks for the premier league. 
Um, and for Champions League, you're already in the second part of a round of 16 playoff. Um, so I think, you know, really about two handfuls, three handfuls worth of games left to finish off the Champions League. And they might condense that. It used to be um, where you would have um, one leg at home and then the other team would get a leg at home. You know, it'd be based on aggregate. But I think they're even going to consider knocking that down to one game elimination like the final, where they would have it in some sort of neutral setting. Um, and really all they need, um, you have 12 teams that haven't been eliminated. So, I mean, it's not like you need a, a you know, 20, 30 teams or something. You could probably keep the 12 teams quarantined. Um, so that's something I'm really hoping comes back by July, August. And as far as European teams, they canceled the Euro 2020, which is one of their big, you know, country competitions. So, I mean, they basically made the time for it. Um, MLB obviously would also be a consideration if they just sort, shorten the schedule, you know, since it hasn't started, you know, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but I would think soccer would probably be one of the first back. So, you know, hopefully we're back doing that this summer. We had a little run with a uh, league of MX for a while, you know, where it was fun learning all the players and, you know, obviously a lot of the concepts are the same. So just all, you know, who is this guy, you know, that sort of take, but. I love it. Yeah. And I remember uh, we had that Turkish, we had Turkish soccer for yeah, an extra, soccer, yeah. yep, we had that for like an extra like 10 days or whatever it was. We had obviously, as you said, the, uh, the MX league, the league, La Liga down in Mexico, uh, we which I thought, MX, um, but Turkey, you know, I think we flopped. We were not as good at Turkish soccer. So. Uh, hey, we'll blame it on the time change. How's that sound? Uh, but no, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool just going through that. And I think actually one time we had you on the serious show, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, you know, Jason and I when we were doing that um, when uh, when we were still allowed in New York City, uh, that was fun. And yeah, just getting your insight on kind of how that stuff works is. And and I guess talking about that for a second, how do you go about learning? something completely new like obviously you know the sport of soccer mm -hmm. but how do you go about learning how you know who all these players are and what teams are bet like how much research energy and effort goes into doing that well, a lot of looking at the, the, the stats and box scores and you know digging up different articles and things and usually you know from from all that you could tell all right this guy sends in most of the crosses he's taking the set pieces um, you know, this guy's scoring the goals, you know, he's, you know, I, I could look back, see, oh, this guy takes all the penalty kicks, you know, trying to just get a feel for who plays what role, um, you know, of course, looking at how good the team is, you know, um, just general aggregate team stats, you know, how fast do they play, I mean, how many goals do they allow, you know, um, certain basic stuff. So a lot of that, you know, it's almost like, I guess the best analogy, let's say, you know, we don't have MLB, but they all of a sudden gave us Mexican baseball. You know, we would be looking, all right, this guy's awesome versus lefties. Here's his numbers. You know, this pitcher, he has a super high K rate. You know, um, you know, he's awesome against righties, and he's going to be facing seven out of nine righties. Um, you know, so, I mean, we might not know the guys, but we would look at the numbers and, and just try to apply it. That's awesome, man, and I love that. that it completely makes sense. I mean, if we're looking at the numbers and you can you can break those down and all the numbers, again, it's, it's baseball. It's soccer. It's, it's yeah, all the same the sport. sport. You know, so – Exactly. We know the sport and we know what works is too, you know, as you were talking about before, you know how to stack, you know how to do this. So all you have to do is, you know, you can remove the names and do the exact same thing here. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to kind of see how those work. So outside of sports, one thing we always want to talk about here um, and just with Win Daily, we, we do want to break into that lifestyle aspect a little bit more and get people to understand, like we, we're going to help you make money in DFS. That's what you're here for. We're going to help you make money in betting and gambling. That's what cash with flash is for. What, do you do outside of sports to make sure that you're keeping and maintaining and increasing that win daily mindset? Oh, I, you know, I mean, nothing too crazy. Spend time with my girlfriend Do you know, watch uh, different TV shows that we like, you know, relax, you know, um, you know, big into animals, you know, have a bunch of pets here, you know, a couple dogs, cats, all that. 
Um, you know, she has a similar setup over there. So, you know, we're big into animals. Um, yeah, do stuff around the house, you know, and take care of the yard and all the sort of homeowner sort of stuff. You know, I'm going to make this improvement or a little, you know, so, especially the last couple of weeks, you know, little side things like, oh, I'm going to work on this door or do this or, you know. Um, but sort of sad to say what a, a big role sports plays in my life. You know, looking at things on TV, uh, you know, I, I think within uh, two days I was watching Tiger Gang and, and watching this and watching that. And, you know, I, I still can't even get that much into it. I have video games. And I still can't get into them. Um, you know, it just I, I start playing and, you know, half hour goes by. I'm like, oh, this is such a waste of time. Um, you know, I, I think I'd much rather, you know, that's sad. I, I'm never going to play these games, you know, when stuff is normally going on. Um, but, you know, it's sort of sad to say what a, a role sports does play in the life. And I think what it is is because it's the ultimate reality show. You know, we, there are these hokey reality shows on TV, but it's something where people are going to win, they're going to lose, um, and, you know, it happens in front of us. Um, you know, it is sort of our reality show, so to speak. Um, so, Couldn't agree more with you there, man. That's what I always say, you know, people that watch the Kardashians, like, whatever, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But, you know, LeBron James is in game seven of his third NBA finals. He might be able to take it home finally. But like, let's see what happens. Uh, or no, I think they, they finished that one off in five. But whatever it is, it's so true. It is a real, there's real drama. It's a real reality TV show. I, I make that analogy all the time and I completely agree. And, and maybe that was a poor, poor job of asking the question on my side. But so, so uh, as we spoke about the win daily mindset before, like kind of what you do, keep that discipline. How do you make sure you're doing that outside of sports in your life? How are you keeping that discipline, that focus and that positivity? One thing I do, I have tons of post-its. Yeah, we got a animal Little cat. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I I stay very organized. I'm a post-it master. I have like post-its every day. You know, here's what has to be done. You know, in the morning. Here's the afternoon. And you know, I can't move on until that checklist is done. Um, you know, without that, I think it'd be hard for me to stay organized. Um, so you know, I'll have you know master checklists, and I, I have to finish them off. I mean, it basically keeps me in line. It keeps my day pretty orderly in terms of what needs to be done. Um, you know, just, uh, yeah, a lot of record keeping. I have tons of little Excel sheets and, and annoying things I make. Um, you know, DFS, I do it as well. So, I love it, man. Got to stay organized. Got to do what you got to do. I mean, yeah, that's the, that sounds like the lawyer in you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Probably. Good stuff, man. Awesome. Rich, this was so great. Thank you so much for your time. Rich Masana, yeah, no Win Daily, fantasy sports writer, ranked in the top four of all DFS players. I love I love according to various sites, but I uh, really appreciate Roto Grinders. I think it's on Roto Grinders. That's okay. Then we're good. We'll take that. Yeah, we'll take that one. Awesome, Rich. Thanks so much for your time, man. Not a problem. Have a good. Oh, I apologize. Where can everyone find you on the internet? Oh, you get JFan through a three on Twitter. Um, you know, so I'll make sure to tag that and everything. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to you soon. Perfect.